well, well. A win in the swamp. Can we get some sod? Don't be sod. You should be happy. Well, well, well. Seminoles showed up for JTRAV, finishing strong in the swamp. I said, we got to get these gators. I said last week I came home, I was, I was not happy about almost getting raped. And I proceeded to call gator fans gay. Okay, because they were to me. A couple of them were gay. And I did not mean to be offensive towards any gays. I've got a lot of gays in my family. I'm half Greek, okay? A lot of Greek guys uh, swing that way. So, obviously, it's not offensive. I'm just talking about the two that I came into contact with that were definitely gay. So, I don't want to hear this, okay? I have no no problem with gay people, obviously. I think people know I'm, I'm an ally. So, uh, it was an interesting, you know, and I've never, I think they know that. Because I, despite what I said... Um, I haven't had a bad week because of that. I've had a rough week because of FSU moving down to five and not getting the respect they deserve. And also some maybe felonious activity outside my apartment, but that's a story for another day. You know, and I'm, an, I'm a straightforward guy. Like, if I'm talking about college football, you know I'm talking about college football. I don't know. These people in Los Angeles a couple of years ago, I don't know. They came from a weird place. They didn't realize that I came from a very good place. So when I talk about college football, they, I think, took it very personally. And I'm like, look, you're not UCLA. You're not USC. You didn't even go to college. I don't know how you're putting that together. Maybe smoke less meth. I don't, you know. So I, <laughs> I just, I was not happy. I was not happy talking about college football out there. And it's been a rough week. FSU moving down to five. Um, and, and not giving Tate the, the respect he deserves, okay? Because when I see Ohio State's offensive line, when I see Michigan's defensive line, I'm thinking they're, they're going to play in SEC and they're going to get blown out. I'm not sure UF, I'm not sure Florida wouldn't beat Ohio State as they played today. You know what I mean? Like I'm not sure. I'm definitely not sure LSU wouldn't beat Ohio State. I I think they would easily beat Ohio State. In fact, with Jaden Daniels, I think Jaden Daniels would beat Michigan if they played tomorrow. Sorry, Portnoy, but they're not that good. This is the problem in this country right now. We have two different countries. It's like going back to the Civil War era, and I'm not going to talk about history. But you take the big conference. And they're big. And next year it's going to go all the way to the West Coast. And none of those teams are going to hang with the guys in the trenches. Did anybody see Florida's defensive lineman tonight? Like, I was at the game last week here in Missouri. And I don't remember seeing that three hundred, that 450-pounder. Did Was he hurt or something? He ate too many Big Macs before the game? I don't. Where, where did this guy come from? I swear he wasn't there. They just, like, picked him up at uh, – they just picked him up or something this week. That Florida, they found him at a local Gainesville bar or something. They're like, hey, buddy, you, you, we can get you some shoulder pads. We've got a big game this week against the Seminoles coming over from Tallahassee. Why don't you uh, put some pads on for us? I'm just kidding. He's probably been on the team for three years. But – <laughs> like it's just 
big boys, and they rotate them in, they rotate them out. They don't have the depth that Florida State does on defense, but the Gators did have some big defensive linemen that I don't think, um, well, I do think would give a lot of teams trouble on the big, in the Big Ten. So what I'm saying is this. I don't know about USC. Petros, Petros and Money are going to talk about it all week. Because they've got problems. UCLA's got many problems. Tim Cates isn't happy tonight. I'm, I'm looking at his Twitter right now. He's not He's not happy about how they're playing. Uh, they're at home losing by 30 in the last game in the history of the Pac-12. The conference is dissolving. Um, and Cal's going to get the – and that's what I said. I said, you know, if there's one team that I think is going to get the last win in the Pac-12 conference, it's going to be the Cal Bears. <laughs> that's what I said. Um, but um, – yeah, stupid. But, uh, yeah. Pac-12, Sayonara. It's been fun. It'll be... And Cal's coming to the to the ACC. So, hey, we'll take it. We'll take it. ACC's good. SEC's great. Big Ten. We're not sure. We're not sure. And there's a lot of Mizzou alumni in Chicago. I've got a lot of family there. I might go back and live there. We'll see. And that's Big Ten country. You live in Lakeview, you see a lot of Michigan stuff, you see a lot of Wisconsin stuff, and you see probably the most Iowa stuff. Between those three, but really Iowa and Wisconsin, that's Chicago. You don't see much Mizzou Tiger stuff lying around. You just don't. You especially don't see much Florida State stuff. You don't you don't really see anything outside of the Big Ten in certain, you know, uh, young professional neighborhoods on the north side of Chicago. You just see a lot of Big Ten. You even you even see yeah Penn Penn State would be one you would see a lot of Penn State Northwestern's right there although that's really nothing outside of Evanston you don't really see too much of Northwestern like I'm talking about bars like if I had a bar in up not uptown that's Dallas Dallas is uptown Chicago's Lakeview Chicago's Wrigleyville Chicago's Lakeview um, people think that's where the gays live. Um, I find myself saying gay again, and I don't want to say gay so much because I, people can go the other way with it, I realize, especially after my comments last week, and I, I shouldn't talk about homosexuals. Um, but Boys Town is not technically in Lakeview. Boys Town is like its own little neighborhood. So, um, But I'm just saying in Lakeview, uh, Logan Square, the bar, the bars are, the bar areas... Um, Wrigleyville, you don't see much other than Iowa, Wisconsin, Penn State. Iowa, Wisconsin, Penn State. A uh, little, little like Purdue. A lot of Indiana actually. Big, uh, they're big, big feeders into Chicago. The uh, Indiana, Purdue's, Michigan. Little Michigan State, not too much, but you see a little Michigan State. Not a lot of Mizzou. I can't. Honestly, there's there's a Mizzou bar there. I'm I'm glad there is. I haven't been there yet. But you generally like if you're cruising down in Chicago and you're just like checking out the bar scene, you're like you're not gonna see a Mizzou flag outside of many bars. You're gonna see many Wisconsin flags, like I said, you're gonna see a lot of Iowa stuff and pretty much anything in the Big Ten. Maybe outside of Rutgers. <laughs> probably not probably not too much Rutgers. Uh or really Maryland either. But um, anyway, I'm just thinking about that because you want to keep the Big Ten relevant, especially if you live in that market. But to me, as a college football fan, 
if I'm being honest, I don't think Michigan would beat LSU if they played tomorrow. I don't think Michigan would beat – I certainly don't think they would beat Alabama if they played tomorrow. I know Alabama didn't play great tonight. They didn't play great. It was a very entertaining Iron Bowl. A lot of people really wanted to see Auburn uh, cruise to victory there in the fourth quarter. I didn't think Alabama was done. I said, just give Milrow the ball, see what he does. And Saban was so pissed. The guy, like, went past the line of scrimmage. You can't throw past the line of scrimmage, obviously, if people know football. Comes back and then tries proceeds to try to throw it after he'd already crossed the line of scrimmage, which you can't do that. And even if you can, he was past the line all with when he released the ball. He was past the line of scrimmage. So... Uh, that was mind-boggling. Saban was very heated. But when it's all said and done, the guy won the game for the Tide in uh, heartbreaking fashion. People don't realize, I think, even in Missouri, because it's we're new to the SEC. We don't understand the the Iron Bowl as, you know, we don't understand, like, what goes into these games. Like, I remember being um, – I'm going to use Chris's story. I remember uh, being at Arkansas years ago, and, and Alabama was playing there. Arkansas won that game. This was probably like the beginning of the Saban era. This was probably what? Uh, who, who was the quarterback, would we say? Uh, I don't think it was John Parker Wilson. I think it was right after that. It might have been Greg McElroy's first year, although it very well could have been John Parker Wilson's senior year uh, for the Tide. But nonetheless... Nonetheless, I'm going to use anybody's story I want. I mean, you can pop me all you want, weird neighbors. The fact is you don't talk to me when I go outside, so that's kind of strange. You communicate in Farsi, I guess. or popping Is that a popping language, Farsi? I thought it was a actual language. Anyway, um, they just hit me again. They work for Hitachi. It's, a, it's an energy company. They want to take all my energy because I'm half Greek. The Greeks got the energy, you know, a lot, a lot of coffee. And apparently cocaine. They think I. They think I'm a cocaine dealer. I think I don't know. I don't. I don't have any cocaine. But um, where was I going with this? Yeah, Alabama was ranked higher than Arkansas. Arkansas had uh, Ronnie Wingo, of course, a slew product, and they were a very good team. This might have been McFadden's last year at Arkansas, but Arkansas beat Alabama, who was the better team on paper, and probably. Uh, in Saban's first year, a game that he would have wanted. These Alabama fans thought, you know, Saban's Jesus, obviously. And and so they were crying. And this was like week four, you guys. This was like week four. Tonight's the last game of the year. A lot of seniors at Auburn haven't really seen Auburn ever beat Alabama, right? Three three years in a row they've lost. So you can understand the, the tears. You can understand the tears. I had a couple friends go to Auburn, actually. Uh, from the St. Louis area, and you know, this was actually they they went there as freshmen in 2009. Uh, if you'll recall, they won the national title in 2009. <laughs> so um, they went there following that, I believe, right? Because it was like 2009. They graduated high school in 2009. Yeah, they were a year ahead of me. I, gra- I graduated high school in 2010, and they graduated in 2009. They went to Auburn from where did I know one. One gal who I hope is doing well. I think she went to, uh, she might have went to P Central or maybe P West, Parkway West. I don't know. But um, there was a ton of them because generally there's a lot of excitement around a program. Like you're going to try to go there for school, um, even if academics are, 
aren't really there. You want to have something to look forward to. And that Auburn atmosphere tonight was – that Auburn atmosphere was pretty good. Well, my Uncle Rick went there. He's not really my uncle, but my, mom, my mom's old boyfriend Rick went there. He played in the band at Auburn. I like that guy a lot. My sister didn't like him. She used to fight with him. And just – I don't – and my mom hasn't dated anybody better since then. So, anyway, just family issues aside – I have many issues in my family right now, but I know my my dad was watching this. My dad was watching this game, and he was mad about it. And I was I was I guess I wasn't really too mad about it. I I don't know, but at the end of the day, I I tend to get a stuffy nose when I'm podcast. I don't know what this is about. Maybe I'm not breathing as much. It's so weird. But at the end of the day. Auburn hasn't beat Alabama in a long time. You can understand those Auburn fans crying. And I think that if you're from the South, you really get – you really understand, like, the emotion in these ball games, especially Auburn versus Alabama, the Iron Bowl. Uh, you know, LSU and Florida is a, b- a big game down there, LSU against Florida. Um, Tennessee and, and Florida is a big game. I don't think anybody cried for that one. You know, Alabama-Tennessee is a big game. Really, I mean, Alabama's got a few big games every year. They say whenever, you know how we say uh, at Missouri, even though we're not in the same conference anymore, we still really like to hate on KU. So it's like, Mr. Brightside, FKU, FK, you know, and it's catchy. People love it. But the truth is we're not even in the same conference anymore. So when I'm, like, sitting next to fans from LSU or last week Florida, and they're like, what's going on? Like, what are they saying? I'm like, KU, Kansas. I'm like, oh. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's kind of weird. <laughs> We're not in the same conference, and we still say that. And they're like, D- doesn't Michigan doesn't Michigan do this uh, do this song? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, they kind of do. Um, might need to find a new tradition. Might need to find a new tradition. But, you know, people love to do it. I, I think it would be fine to do it, like, at Willie's, you know, like, on Saturday night. Like, everybody, like, play with Mr. Brightside. FKU for all time's sakes, even though we're not really in the same conference anymore, play one another in football. But um, I don't think if for real they should do that because I don't want to explain that anymore to the opposing fans who are a little confused. Um, but the other thing, too, is like Alabama, when they sing Dixieland Delight at, to begin the fourth quarter, They'll be like, um, F Auburn, F Auburn, right? And then it's, and then it's F LSU and F Tennessee too. So all three of those, and those are three criers. Like you're going to cry if you're Alabama, if you lose and Alabama fans, they love to cry. It's funny that we focus so much on the tears of, I'm, I will say they're very hot, very attractive Auburn women, uh, tonight, the women of some sorority of auburn they really focused in the cbs cameras and i'm like i feel bad for them you know their parents are probably like oh you know if they're watching if they're not at the game but um you know i was like damn that's somebody's daughter you know that's somebody's daughter uh but uh yeah and it would be the other way too like if it was at brian denny and auburn was winning and alabama hadn't beaten auburn in a few years like Tide fans would be crying too, you know, or 
uh, Tennessee, say for some reason Alabama hadn't beaten Tennessee in a few years. Same thing. So, anyway, that's how it is in the SEC. And it's not really like, – I haven't seen that in the Big Ten. That's why college football hits different in the South. That is exactly why college football is better in the South. And the the battle in the trenches, Kirk Herbstreit was talking about it tonight. You know, you can't take that away from Florida State. And I'll talk about this. I'll talk about this because it means something to me. So I saw the opening game, obviously, in Orlando. And I thought this team was really good. I also thought LSU was really good. I thought Jaden Daniels is a Heisman candidate. He's probably going to win the Heisman. In many categories, he's better than Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow won the Heisman. But, um, you know, the battle in the trenches is something that, gosh, even even with FSU not in the SEC, and people give me shit for that because I, I do like Florida State, uh, you know, in the ACC, like that's my team. If I'm in Florida and everything, I'm still a Missouri Tiger. Don't get me, don't get me wrong, but it's just like, yes, it's the ACC. But you wouldn't say that if Miami was better and Clemson was better. Both of those clown teams had terrible years, terrible years. And I think if just one of them was good, nobody would have put FSU at five this week, even with Tate Rodemaker. But the fact of the matter is, uh, Clemson, not a great win. Now they're in the top 25. They won tonight. They beat South Carolina. Now it looks a little better. Uh, Miami, not a great win. They were ranked pretty highly after beating A&M. Of course, A&M has seen uh, much better days. Duke was ranked, no longer ranked. And, like, they just don't have the talent. They just don't have the the size. They don't have anything that, you know, the top-tier ACC programs do. And, like, the top-tier, what does that look like? It's it's basically, right now, uh, Florida State, Clemson, and what? I don't know, Virginia, Virginia Tech? I mean, it's just like it's not – it's a down ACC. I know Syracuse is going bull, and they got their sixth – uh, win today, but man, like Miami, is Miami even going bowling? They have to. They're, they've probably got seven wins. But to win the state, to win the state really means something. And those games are always close. I don't care how good you are relative to who you're playing, whether, you know, Florida State relative to Miami, FSU's obviously a lot better. And at during that game, there was Jordan Travis, so they were a lot better and they didn't win by a lot. I think a lot of people were confused that FSU didn't win by more, but people that know that rivalry, they weren't surprised. They're like, yeah, that's a rivalry game. It's always going to be close. That's always going to be close. By the way, that hit on Tate Rodemaker was such bullshit. I'm, I'm watching the ESPN um, highlights now. I mean, the guy's slide. If you see a quarterback slide, like, you get the hell away from him. Why would you put a helmet on him if he's sliding down? Like, that is preposterous. And by the way, the other part of me that was just so confused, they were cheering on Jordan Travis getting injured, you know? And it's like, I don't know that I would ever cheer on. I certainly wouldn't cheer on Tim Tebow getting injured, Anthony Richardson getting injured. Nobody. I would not cheer on a Florida Gator getting injured. Graham Mertz, I wasn't cheering for that. I was in attendance here last week when it happened. I didn't even know it happened, but I wouldn't cheer for that. I certainly wouldn't tell my fraternity to... uh, 
make a sign that says, uh, Graham Mertz, where's your shoulder? You know, I mean, this is what the Florida kids were doing. You know, last week I said they were gay. What I meant to say is the ones I came into contact with evidently were gay. But I'm talking about they're just mean. They're just very mean and hateful. I mean, did you guys see some of these signs outside of the outside of Greek life? By the way, Jordan Travis, he's in the Pi Cap Alpha fraternity at Florida State, which is like the top house in the nation, especially for Pike. And Pike at UF had the audacity to put up a sign in front of the house that said, uh, "That said, FSU break a leg." I mean, and that wasn't even the worst one. Ka had a sign with him as a hangman, hanging Jordan Travis. And this is UF. This is liberal elite UF. Love everybody. Love thy neighbor. Oh yeah. Let's let's lynch somebody. Jesus Christ. I, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, like I said, the LSU fans told me they were mean. They said, watch out for games, but they're very mean. I didn't really believe it. But these past two weekends, I'm seeing it. And that's not okay. That's not okay. Um, another, I think it was the other side of KA put something like, or maybe it was Sigma Chi. And I have to say, these are houses that when I was a kid at Mizzou, these were like good, respected houses. I knew a lot of people in these houses, and they wouldn't ever do this at Mizzou, but um, or Florida State. We wouldn't certainly wouldn't do that at Pike at Florida State. But you know, putting out a sign that says "reptile dysfunction" is pretty pretty funny, pretty hilarious. Everybody would laugh at that. Reptile dysfunction. It's like a reptile dysfunction. Ha ha. Well, now you're talking about. A quarterback that had a Heisman bid, and 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 basically maybe uh, impacting the whole playoff because of his injury, and you're talking about um, ridiculing that injury and talking about his leg and then hanging him. I mean, this is sick shit. This is disgusting. I hurt my leg last year. I was running on the track in Beverly Hills, and I hurt my leg. And I hope nobody was talking about hanging me or, or making fun of that injury. I, I maybe they did. Evidently, they they might have. But um, you know, and, oh, there goes an ankle pop. I mean, it's bad enough around here. I don't know who these people are. Maybe they're a terrorist group. Some you know, who knows? Who knows? I to me, this is Missouri. It's always been Missouri. Uh, obviously, it's a, a state in the United States. Um, and if you're here on a visa, it's like, why would you act out in a way that's going to never get you citizenship? You know, because if you touch me, like how I think that you're touching me, it's like you're never going to be a citizen. Maybe you already are. I don't know. But, you know, that's not going to lend itself to good health outcomes either way, even if you are citizens. You know, because just hitting somebody that's innocent that has no idea what you're doing to them it's like what's the point of that is that like you're you're building is it like team building you're just like wanting to screw with somebody to have something to do like you know i usually am like not a not a proponent of video games but i will say like if it makes you feel better like maybe you guys could all play call of duty together rather than just like try to steal my wallet or you know take dogs for walks every time i go outside because i guess you know you think of me as your dog which is weird because i'm just half greek i'm not even whatever you thought i was 
So anyway, um, but Jordan Travis, I mean, the guy watched the game from the press box, and he was happy about the win. I know that. I know that. But getting back to the schedule issues, I do feel that, you know, it wasn't a great schedule this year. But we've now... Florida State's now beaten two SEC teams. Now, I think my beloved Missouri Tigers might be able to beat Florida State, for sure. I think that, I don't know the Tennessee, I don't think Tennessee could. Uh, I definitely think Alabama would, it would be close. I definitely think uh, Georgia would be, you know, the national championship, hopefully. But that would be interesting. That would be the most interesting. Alabama would be fairly interesting. Mizzou would be fairly interesting. LSU again would be, to, you know, to see without without J. Trav, what would that look like with Tay Rodemaker? And I made the point earlier. I said, um, don't take anything away from this win. It's another rivalry game, just like the Miami game. Uh, you probably had a feeling it wasn't going to be a blowout, especially given it's at the swamp without Jordan Travis with Tate Rodemaker starting the game. Hasn't started a game in over a year. And, you know, he hasn't started a game in over a year. He's he's played on the road before. He's played well on the road, in fact. Uh, last year filling in for Jordan Travis when he was briefly injured at Louisville. But, um, we, you know, nobody was sure what we were going to get out of Tay Rodemaker tonight. We just, nobody could be sure. Still got Keon Coleman. You still got Johnny Wilson. So you have options. Um, and really the play out of, who was it? Uh, I forget, number zero. I, I always forget his name. But he he made some really good catches too uh, tonight. And then, oh, another shoulder pop there. Man, it is just like a war zone over here. I don't know what is going on. Live from Kabul. Like, I don't know, dude. I'm not, like, in the U.S. military. Leave me alone. Um, <laughs> what is going on? But, um, live from Kabul. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm not good with geography. <laughs> I'm from Missouri. I don't know. I was just taught that, like, it was a state in the United States. Like, there's 50 states. Missouri's one of them. I thought that Afghanistan was just, like, over in the Middle East and, like, Syria's over there and, like, Iraq's over. It's just, like, east of Israel, you know? And I've been to Israel, so, like, I know that. I know that. Like, I'm not... I don't know, man. Maybe maybe the media lies. But I feel like I'm playing into their bullshit by talking about them, so we're going to go back to football. Um... What was the point I was going to make? Let me take a quick break. I'm going to talk more about the Florida State schedule and how I don't agree with Brandon Walker. He put his top ten teams out, and I just don't agree with it at all. I think Florida State's better than people give him credit for. I think Tate Rodemaker last year, did he even lose a game when he filled in for Jordan? I don't think he lost a game. Um, but like I could do more research, but I just know from the eye test, it's still going to be a good team, particularly because of the defense, and I'll talk about that next Well, I was looking back, <clears throat> looking through the box score, and I realized I was talking about Ja'Kai Douglas. Ja'Kai Douglas had pretty a uh, couple, well, one reception that was pretty big, and um, 
Keon Coleman only one reception all night, but it was 24 yards. It was a big reception. Jaheim Bell had a big game. Three receptions, 38 yards. Johnny Wilson, six receptions, 64 yards. So it was tough to get everybody involved when you have an inexperienced Tate Rodemaker in a crazy hostile environment that is the Swamp. Uh, shout out Big Cock Brock. Brock Glenn coming in the game. I guess somebody called him that on Barstool, but interesting nickname. He was a really highly touted recruit. I think he's from the Memphis, Tennessee area. Um, but um, he did a good job filling in for Tate for a couple plays. Um, really, if we're talking about Florida State's offense, you can't look any further than Trey Benson. 19 carries, 95 yards, 5 yards a carry. Um, had a long gain of 36. The one touchdown run was magnificent. That was a really good run. And um, that was what they needed. That was the spark that kind of broke the uh, – it, it allowed them to kind of take the game at that point. So it was it was important for, for Florida State to get Trey Brenson the ball when you're not sure what Tate is capable of doing. Um, and Florida's defense actually played really, really good. I think that might – and they played good last week against Mizzou. You know, I mean, two close games, and, and they're probably not going to be going bowling this year. I mean, I guess technically could they could they get an invite at 5-7? and seven? I think they might be able to get one. I don't know. I've seen it happen, I believe, before. But generally you got to have six uh, wins. Anyway, uh, it was a great game. It was a great game. And I just saw Kirk Herbstreet save my life. He put <laughs> He put Florida State at four. In his new playoff rankings, and I, I yeah, exactly. Thank you, Kirk, because I just I know that Clemson won tonight, so they're going to probably drop down to like twenty in the rankings. So that win's going to look a little bit better now. Um, the LSU win, which doesn't matter what the score is, even though Florida State blew them out in the second half. If you consider the fact that Jaden Daniels is getting the Heisman, and only a few other teams were able to beat LSU, um, literally two, right? Alabama and and who else? Oh, Ole Miss, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you consider that and you're like, well, this is actually a pretty good, pretty, pretty, really good LSU team. Probably should be better. <laughs> not, I was talking to somebody tonight, like, we're not really sure how they lost to uh, both Alabama or, or Ole Miss. I mean, defense didn't show up at the Ole Miss game, yeah. Not really sure what happened in the Bama game at all. Maybe Brian Kelly just just didn't have a great game plan against Nick Saban. That could, be, that could very well be the case. But you'd like them to get that uh, Ole Miss win. Now, the Mizzou one is interesting because Mizzou is a better team on paper, certainly than Ole Miss. Many are saying than Alabama, but that's a game where you'd actually understand LSU losing, I think. Uh, but they proceed to lose to Bama and Ole Miss, so I don't know. It's like, it is what it is. I think Mizzou really wants that game back. I want that game. Like, that—that that is just, that was such a stupid game. I was up all night. I didn't get any sleep that night. I missed the game. Um, here's the difference between me and Dave Portnoy. Dave Portnoy still has a prescription for Adderall. I do not. So I'm pretty sure that guy was able to uh, 
even though he was up all night, I think he was able to get where he was going today because of a certain prescription. And I'm like, dude, if I still had that prescription, you know, I would have been at that LSU game. I would have been at that LSU game. But I don't have that prescription, so I I had to sleep. I had to take a, a napski and, yeah, slept during, like, at least the fourth quarter. I think I fell asleep, which was bad because they actually lost the game in the fourth quarter. That was my bad, you guys. That was my bad. I'll talk about Mizzou in a second because it was a great win, um, season-ending win at, at, at Arkansas, obviously. But I, but I'm just seeing so much bad tidings on Twitter about this Florida State team, and I just, you know, I don't know what there's not to like besides like ACC. You get a lot of shit for that generally. Um, in a down ACC year, but I don't know, man. I'm like, I'm looking at this team, and if anybody else didn't notice you know Florida State has been able to take control of multiple ball games in the fourth quarter which is a a nod to the game plan but also a nod to the physical health of their players of their defensive line you know Jared Verse isn't the biggest guy he's not the biggest uh, defensive end in the country but he might be the best and I think that their physical condition is superior than Everybody they've played, they're undefeated. So to count them out of the playoffs or, or try to say that Washington's better, maybe they are. Maybe Washington is better. I don't know. But they play in the Pac-12, bro. The conference that's not going to be a conference next year. ACC is still a decent conference. You're still going to have Clemson. You're still going to have Miami. Um, and Florida State is back. So there's there's some good teams in there. North Carolina had a good year. North Carolina had a very good year, and, and Louisville is right now top 10. Whether we believe that they're actually top 10 or not is another story, but another conversation. I just I don't know that they're top 10 material, but I, I do think they're going to be a tough opponent for Florida State next week, and you can't take their record away from them. They only have one loss. So when I'm looking at this, I'm like undefeated. Where teams out by the fourth quarter, their defense – one of the best. By the way, the uh, interception, that wasn't his first rodeo. This guy has had a few interceptions this year. And um, tonight, to seal the game for the Knolls, who was it? It was, um, oh, my gosh, drive me nuts. I can never think of his name. It's, like, the most obvious name. Um, as soon as I see it, I'm going to know. Deloach, right, Kalen Deloach. Yeah, he has uh, how many interceptions now? Kalen has what? It says he has zero interceptions. That is not right. He's got one uh, at least because it was tonight. But the 6'1", 212-pounder out of Savannah, Georgia, is having a great year. 30 tackles, 7 sacks for a linebacker is not bad. Um, and he's got a couple interceptions. I don't know why it says some typos in there for sure because he's definitely got a couple interceptions. Um, DJ Lundy has had a great year um, on that Florida State linebacking core too. He's got at least one interception. Um, tonight he did not have an interception, but he did have six tackles, uh, good tackles. 
the junior out of Osceola, Georgia. Now, everyone knows Jared Verse is going to be a first-round draft pick. Um, it's It's been DBU for a long time. And to be sure, I'm not... I'm not sure how many people are going to return. So, to me, when you have an elite group like this, they're going to have quite a few returners now that I look at it. Um, when you have an elite group like this, you got to capitalize. And Mike Norvell has done that. He Every opportunity, like he like he told uh, Holly Rowe at the end of the game, it's like every opportunity they've had, he just echoes, you know, seize this opportunity. Do what you can. And, like, next week's going to be another one. You have Louisville, not a great team, but a team that if you win – you know, you're, you're basically a shoe-in, at least for the fourth spot, in the playoff. Uh, probably to New Orleans, probably going to uh, the Sugar Bowl. And look, that's a great that's a great game. That's a great game. It, no matter what happens there, you know that you got to the playoff. And if you're Mike Norvell, coming from the Cheez-It Bowl a year ago, coming from no bowls the year before that, this program has gotten better and better and better. And a lot of it's... Yeah, Jordan Travis, for sure. But with or without J-Trav, this team has got to continue to win and, and get better. And I think that every opportunity they've had, they've they've risen to the occasion. So um, next week, the ACC Championship, I believe in Raleigh, North Carolina. Should be good. I, I expect a pretty good game. I mean, they played Kentucky good today. Kentucky, um, you know, I thought Kentucky might have been a little better. But uh, it was a weird game, man. I don't know. Like, obviously, Louisville's not like a great team. We're not sure if they're top ten material. Uh, Kentucky did win today. I thought that for some reason I thought Louisville won for a long time. But no, it's thirty-eight, thirty-one, Kentucky. Uh, now that I look at it, yeah, that's right. And and Ray Davis had a great game. I I didn't mean to talk bad about him before. I was just saying I think Cody Schrader is is better, and his stats prove that. But um. Good day for Ray Davis, and I think, uh, you know, still, it's it's a team that top 10, top 15, whatever, they're going to come ready to play next week and um, try to avenge this loss, I think, too, because you, you lose to Kentucky, now you have two losses, you're not sure what bowl game you're going to Now, a good one, a lot of us would like to see anyway, is going to be the Orange Bowl, and if Louisville can get to the Orange Bowl, um, we're thinking maybe Mizzou. We'll get to that Orange Bowl. Now, a lot of people still want to go to the Cotton Bowl, which, as a Mizzou guy that's been a Mizzou guy his whole life, I don't really want to go to the Cotton Bowl. I've kind of been there, done that. But, hey, you know, any any New Year's Six I think anybody would take. Um, Briefly talking about the Mizzou game, my nose is getting stuffy. i got to stop talking. I hate that. Why does my nose get stuffy when I sit here and podcast? It's so annoying. I just feel like I'm like I need to like get a real studio maybe or something. I don't know. I can't just like podcast in my apartment. I feel like I just get stuffy, I get hit. Um people think I'm on drugs, I guess, every time I podcast. I don't know. Not on anything. But uh here we go. Mizzou's uh stats yesterday. Really huge win, closing the season out uh down in Fayetteville. Um Brady, twelve for twenty, hundred and twelve yards. Not too bad. Uh, Cody Schrader, 27 carries for 217 yards. Great game. Uh, his long was almost 50 yards, 49 yards. Touchdown there. Um, 
Did I not mention, by the way, Trey Benson's touchdowns tonight? I think he had three touchdowns. Trifecta. Yeah. Uh, Nate Pete also yesterday for Mizzou, eight for 29. Luther Burden caught six for 55. And Brett Norfleet, huge game for him. Uh, it was a pretty good touchdown, two touchdowns down in Fayetteville. Uh, three receptions for 32 yards. Um, that was pretty good to see. Marquise Johnson also getting involved, catching a pass for nine yards. Theo Weiss Jr., uh, a lot of people thought he should have been a little more involved, but he did catch one for 15 yards. And um, Mekhi Miller, this, uh, one reception for a yard. So, 48-14. I mean, the score would indicate it was a huge blowout. I think for the offense, like, they want to kind of get everybody involved. Which, to me, is a sign of a good Missouri team in the past when they've been able to kind of spread the ball out. Those Chase Daniel, Blaine Gabbert-type teams. That's a sign of a really good Missouri team. And a sign of a good Missouri team in the SEC, because we're in the SEC now, is a Missouri team that utilizes the tight end. Hence, getting Brett Norfleet involved has been, um, I don't know that it's been a struggle, but when, when it happens, you notice that it's usually a W. So one of the, one of the takeaways that I had for the, for the team in the loss at LSU, I noticed that Brett really wasn't involved a lot in the fourth quarter. I think he was in the first half, and you'll notice we were winning in the first half. <laughs> so, anyway, I, uh, I'm i a big believer in getting the tight end more involved um, for the Missouri offense, especially as they play in the SEC now. Um, and you've got a great tight end from Francis Howell. So, uh, true freshman Brett Norfleet is having a great season. Great to see that. Uh, Cody Schrader, what can you say? He should get an invite for Heisman. Um, I think Jordan Travis texted me earlier. He said, yeah, if I could give my seat up to anybody in the Heisman finalist, it would be it would be Cody Schrader. I said, that's, that's what I like to hear. So it uh, looks like Cody might be going to New York, baby. Uh, I hope because he needs to say hi to Chris Stefano for me and uh, try to get him to um, you know, come to Columbia for a comedy show, I think would be funny as hell. Funny as hell. We need comedy, you guys. Um, especially because if they have a podcast and they're funny, you know, we don't have a lot of that anymore in, in this country. We have, we have, we have comedians that have podcasts that are like whatever. They're 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 funny. They're okay. And we have people that do sports podcasts, and they're they're you know, they're whatever they are. And we have people that get beat up for for doing a podcast. Um, because somebody thinks they're on drugs or a pedophile or God knows what, and those people are are like me. So, um, we need funny. We need Cody Cody to go to New York um, and and just bring some comedians back to Columbia with him is what I think would be great. Um, people are like, what the hell is he talking? About? I don't know. It's getting late. I'm getting short of breath. I think I'm getting COVID. So I'm gonna shut up now. But it was great to see the Florida State Seminoles beat the Gators tonight. And I didn't mean to say all the students were gay or whatever, but I'm just saying, like, I was treated very weirdly last week. And uh, as we see how mean they were towards Jordan Travis and his injury, um, we kind of see a trend that you have a little bit of a bunch of assholes. So I'll leave you with that. And uh, go Knowles. I'm glad they're looking like they're back in the top four. Mizzou. Definitely top eight, right? Uh, take out take out Alabama, put Mizzou at eight because Alabama could hardly beat Auburn. I know it's a rivalry game, but I mean they were they were one tackle or one broken up pass away from from knocking off the tide, and 
Mizzou just blew out Arkansas. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you keep the top ten the way it is. I don't know. But uh, it's a good weekend for college football. Uh, yeah, a couple edits. I think Deloche just had the breakup at the Clemson game. I thought he had an interception in that game. It was just a breakup. He broke up the pass. It was um, late in maybe overtime. So that was really important. He's had a great year. The The whole FSU defense has just been really, really sound. And I think that that's the difference. And I think that's why they'll beat Louisville by maybe multiple touchdowns. Um, and I think Tate really starts to feel himself. Now, you remember he filled in for J-Trav when J-Trav went down last year at Louisville. So it's going to be kind of full circle when he comes to uh, start the game in the ACC championship in Raleigh next weekend. So is it Raleigh or Charlotte? I don't know where it is, but um, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't think I'm going. But I guess I could. I mean, I wouldn't feel like I'm cheating on Mizzou because, um, you know, we're not in the SEC championship, unfortunately, the way it's currently structured. And anyway, so uh, another thing I thought of, too, you know, back in the Chase Daniel and Blake Gabriel, there there was a use for a tight end. If you'll recall, we've we've had some good tight ends. Like I'm thinking back to Denario Alexander and Chase Kaufman, but the way Yost ran that offense, I gotta say, is a lot different than what you would do uh, in the SEC. So I'm speaking to a lineman that can block, and Brett has done that. Brett has been your gritty SEC grown man football uh, tight end for us. And I'm, I'm not saying the other guys couldn't. You know, I wouldn't say anything bad about Chase Kaufman, Denario Alexander, Martin Rock. I wouldn't I wouldn't talk bad about any of these guys. But I'm just saying in the SEC you've got to be able to come on the line and perform well on the line and, and uh, as well as get downfield and get open. And I think how you utilize that tight end is really different. Um I think Yost would say that too, uh, in the SEC than it would be in the Big Twelve. So that's the thing, and I'm glad Brett Norfleet is really kind of the our version of Brock Bowers and I think to be honest, he's going to be better than better than Brock Bowers. Um, and with so many people on this Missouri offense returning next year, hopefully. Hopefully Cody gets another year of eligibility. I don't know, but was thinking about that tonight, dude. And if like that if shit. If he had another year of, of a, excuse me, if he had another year of eligibility, dude, this Mizzou team would be, in my opinion, I, I know the schedule gets a little more difficult. The SEC opens up next year. There's no divisions. Um, I imagine there'll still be a championship, right? Um, but it might make sense to do away with it. I don't know. It's just kind of like you you want the the top three or four teams in a in a twelve team playoff. You want the top three or four teams to be able to compete in that playoff. And if you have an SEC championship game that kind of weans out, uh, weeds out one of those teams because they they lose again. Um, you know what I mean? And then it's like, are you going to take four SEC teams at that point, or are you just going to take three? So if you're Greg Sankey, I don't know. I'm sure there'll be plenty of debate on Feinbaum in the offseason about this. But my guess is you don't really want a championship. You just kind of want your top four teams to retain their records, right? Just maintain your record. We don't add another loss uh, that would happen in a championship. And Louisville is going to make that point and be the case in point maybe uh, all off season because they're a team that because of they play Kentucky today and then they're, in my opinion, maybe looking a week ahead. I don't think they're that bad of a team as they showed today. Now, nothing against Kentucky. Uh, Coach Stoops knows how to put a game plan together for a big rivalry game like it was today. 
Um, but I just don't know that they were still not the better team. Um, I know Ray Davis is is the better running back in that game, and he, he proved that, but I don't know that they're the better team. And I think, although I believe Florida State will beat them next week, I, I don't know, you know, because of the championship, now they're going to have three losses. And if you're going to put a three-loss team in the Orange Bowl, especially a three-loss team like that, you might as well put Clemson. I mean, Clemson might outrank them by by then. We don't know because you got to figure. No, they might not. But, I mean, if, if they go up to like 14 or 15 in the rankings, they're like 14 or 15, and they lose to FSU, and they go to like 17, 18, 19, 20, and Clemson's like right there, like 21. They just beat South Carolina tonight, right? Kelly Bryant. Oh, Kelly Bryant. I was checking in with him. He's watching that game. Former uh, Clemson product. Finished up here at Mizzou, of course. I thought we should have been better for that for that team with Kelly. But anyway, that was before Eli, Coach Drink. Um, but, hey, I just think tonight proved to me the conferences that have a championship uh, – Sometimes it's not good. And even this year in the SEC, it might not be good because look at Alabama. They're going to the championship. I, I made the comment, like, I'm not going to have a championship game in the SEC to attend this year, um, so I should go to the ACC one. Well, yeah, I guess. I, I just don't really see myself going all the way to North Carolina next weekend. But um, this might not benefit Alabama. You know, to add another loss when they just barely hung on today and won, Man, hard to really think that Alabama getting another loss not going to help their bowl game. And then it might screw Mizzou up too because now that you have a two-loss Alabama, right, two, probably two-loss Alabama team, probably not going to make the playoffs, probably going to get the best – bowl bid in the SEC after, you know, after Georgia because they'll be in the playoff. And you have Missouri just, like, chilling um, because we lost to the Heisman winner and, uh, you know, hardly lost to Georgia. And Alabama could lose to Georgia by, uh, you know, 14 points. So I'm just like, it, to be to be fair – if you're an LSU fan, which do you call more of a fluke game? Your loss to Alabama, which I'm sure you'll say, or the loss to Ole Miss? Or would you say that it was kind of crazy that you won at Mizzou? Because honestly, I think the way we see it up here is uh, uh, that game we would probably win, you know, maybe eight or nine out of ten times. I don't know. Uh, he's a great player. He's a great. He's going to win the Heisman. Uh, but I just don't know. Mizzou defense has improved. You look at the month of November, it's been lights out. It's been a great defense. Um, you know, I look at uh, the, this defense and I'm thinking, I, I just hope at least half of them return. And there's guys that I know will uh, come in afterwards, some of the guys on the bench right now, that when they get playing time, they're going to take advantage. And, you know, this Missouri defense, I, I hope to have a lot of returners on the offense, but the defense could be – an elite defense next year, the way they're playing in November. A, a case in point for this point, <laughs> that's a lot of points. The case in point for this point is is simply the fact that you look at Florida State. 
they are, I believe, now 18-0 since uh, dating back to last year. They, they haven't lost a game in 18 games. So it just shows that when you get hot, you make the adjustments. The coach makes the adjustments, but also the players kind of, you know, they, they learn how to lose, so to speak. And you start to win. And you start to learn how to win and win better and win in that fourth quarter. And that's one point that I think the committee will respect. It's very difficult to win 18 games in a row dating back to two years. That's a sign of progress. So don't take that away from the Knolls. And next year, I hope, don't take that away from the Tigers because this month of November has been lights out. I mean, really since the LSU game because you can't take losing to the number one a number one ranked team in the country, Georgia Bulldogs. Um, I mean, how many points did we end up giving up? 21, 24? Yeah, I mean, that's that's better than anybody else. So, you know, and that might be better than anybody else by season's end. You think about the teams potentially that they're going to play, uh, maybe Michigan in the Rose Bowl for the first round of the playoff, and you're like, uh, well... I, I see them maybe scoring a little bit more on Michigan. Even Brandon Walker was saying that. <laughs> Even Brandon was suggesting that that's not going to be a game. Um, so I don't know that anybody could do a better job than the job of the Missouri D against against Georgia. So this year, you know, and, and the committees, well, they're expanding the playoffs next year. So I'm not sure that that point's going to play as big of a role for Mizzou next year as it will for Florida State this year. But it, it's just that you make adjustments, you win more ball games, you learn how to lose, and then you just win and win better, um, and especially on the defensive side. of the, I mean, that's what led to the Saban dynasty at Alabama, right? I mean, that that is the Saban dynasty at Alabama. And I think that's one thing the committee cannot, absolutely cannot ignore about the Knowles defense dating back to last year. 18-0, the whole team, but defense has won a lot of games, as we've seen. So anyway, um, great weekend of college football. I don't know, man. I, I hope to uh, do more podcasting on college football. I hope to get to one of these playoff games, um, definitely the New Year's Six Mizzou Bowl game, I'm thinking. Like, I've I've had that dedicated savings account since, like, 2014. So, <laughs> I just, I'm, like, ready to go for this. Uh, I just snorted. That's crazy. Um, that's when you know I'm I'm happy. Uh, so, anyway, that's that's really cool to see. I, I just, um, yeah, I don't know. I wanted to talk about the rivalry thing. I think I, I kind of touched on the KU thing. And I made the point, and I totally mean it. Like, if you played Arkansas in week four, it just gets so cold in both Fayetteville and Columbia at this time of year. And I think that if you want to see more opposing fans travel to, you know, the opposing venue, you're going to want to make that in, like, week four or five. The Iron Bowl doesn't really make a difference. Like, it's not that bad weather down there. Um, it's been such a long tenured rivalry. It's just dates back for so long and then Alabama is just you know that's 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 the iron but that's the beauty of the iron bowl it's just a, such a story tradition both teams are great um you know and but the problem with Missouri is Missouri's kind of like New York okay you you have people that used to live in Missouri but now they live in Florida 
and now they live in Dallas, and now they live in Phoenix or L.A. or whatever. And so when you have Thanksgiving in those places, you don't often (laughs) – you're not able to go back to Columbia for the day after Thanksgiving for a football game. Or you're not able to especially go to Fayetteville, where I'm not even sure you can get a flight to Fayetteville uh, from Phoenix or Dallas or Chicago or whatever, some city in Florida. But you can drive to Auburn, Alabama from a lot of those places. You you can drive to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. You can drive to Tallahassee. You can drive to Gainesville. See what I'm saying? Uh, or Clemson or, or Columbia, South Carolina. But But – what I'm saying is this, like if you want to have a day after Thanksgiving rivalry in Missouri or Arkansas where it is colder, I think maybe try week four. I don't know. <laughs> You're going to get more black and gold than Fayetteville in week four. I'll tell you that. Like We're going to want to travel and make that a bigger rivalry if we play them earlier in the year. It's, it's, it's like as simple as that. Look, it was snowing in Manhattan, Kansas, like two and a half hours away from here, three and a half hours away from here. It was snowing there tonight. They had like a snowball. And I'm like, dude, that's exactly it. Like, if and there's a lot of people from Columbia that go to K State. They're not probably traveling right back to K State if they're not playing somebody good, you know. And if it's not like somewhat of a rivalry, tonight really wasn't. I don't know. Is Iowa State and K State like rivals? They've had both like really good years. Think about even recently Brock Purdy. But um, yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know. It's just it. I know for a fact we would show up in Fayetteville in week four. Like Fayetteville's awesome, and in, in the early fall you have like jam bands doing concerts in front of fraternities. Like I saw some OAR cover band in the Signu parking lot or whatever. Like before the game, like that was part of their tailgate. It was pretty sweet. <laughs> it was cool. Uh, I, I love Fayetteville, um, so I know I would go there if it was not so cold. You know. But it's like it's winter break. So anyway, something to think about. Good times.